0: We hear a lot in educational circles about preparing today's youth for the future, most often in terms of increasing academic scores and achievements. But destination imagination casts an even wider net for inspiring and equipping kindergartners through 12th graders to imagine, innovate, and collaboratively problem solve with peers while focusing on STEAM challenges. Some of the social emotional values that naturally develop for kids when they participate in Destination Imagination challenges include collaboration, respect, perseverance, and integrity. And in the short time we had for this conversation, we were able to dig deep into how some of those values are evoked and exercised. The leadership team at Destination Imagination DI is self-described as small but mighty. It was my extreme good fortune to share conversation with Adam Law, who currently serves as Director of Affiliate Relations and who grew up, in part, grew up participating in DI challenges year after year, and his enthusiasm is deep and deeply contagious. Also in this conversation was my friend Liz Sheffield, an educator an educator who has focused for years on special needs kids. She asked questions I hadn't thought to ask, and both Adam and I were grateful for what her, part, her participation helped to reveal. Welcome to the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast. My name is NeNe White, and I am so very happy that you were here for this one. Even two days after the conversation, I'm still buzzing with appreciation and respect for what DI is bringing to youth. Towards the conclusion of the conversation, there will be information about how to help kids you care about, kindergarten through 12th graders, get involved, and how to get involved yourself for surprisingly little cost. I will also put that information in the show's notes. And of course, if you have any questions or comments, you're always invited to join us on Facebook on the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast Facebook page. Okay, here we go. So welcome, Adam Law. Uh, I just am so grateful for this time that we're going to have to get to talk about destination, imagination. And my dear friend, yes. And my dear friend, Liz Sheffield, who's a a teacher of all grades, right, Liz?
1: I've taught taught K-12 throughout my years teaching. Recently resigned from special education. Okay, good.
0: So maybe you'll have some questions and Otherwise, I've got a whole list of things I want to ask Adam about. So, good. So, destination imagination. I hope that the world has heard about it, but in case they haven't, that's why we're here.
2: Definitely.
0: Yeah. And so, in educational circles, we hear a lot about preparing kids for the future, and mostly in terms of academic scores and achievements, and we know that's not enough. So I'd love it if we could start with a big picture look at Destination Imagination's principles because they're just they just strike me as so inclusive and wise and deep and relevant and important. So do you want to list them or shall I? You should go.
2: Uh, Sure. So I'll just give you the our 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 mission is. To inspire and equip students to be the innovators and leaders of the future, um, and the way we go about doing that is through uh, programs that uh, put te- or put students in teams and have them work on projects or challenges together. Um, we we are very focused on uh, giving. Students, those durable 21st century skills that we believe they are going to need to succeed, and that to some degree they may not be getting in a holistic way in their traditional education. Um, You know, things like resource awareness. um, And Uh, sorry.
0: Okay, Uh, define that resource awareness, even. I mean,
2: sure. So you know, resource awareness is a, the ability of a learner to understand what resources they have to work with and what the limitations of those resources are. So, you know, the basics would be time, right? We only have so much time to complete this project. Um, another one that's important and I think that is very uh, helpful in preparing them for the future is money. Um, Our challenges uh, have a budget to them. So the the teams have to make sure that they don't spend over a certain amount of money, um, generally like $100, $150 for for the challenges. Um, And the other thing that's interesting about resource awareness is they actually learn that they themselves are a resource. And that their team members are resources, so they have to be aware of each other's strengths, each other's weaknesses, so they can pivot and navigate and uh, and maneuver through solving the challenge, um, you know, as best as best as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like now I'm sorry to, to I feel like pivoting. We need to do that to get the bigger picture of what Destination Imagine is. Imagination is. I started this on the wrong track. I apologize.
2: Sure, sure. So, um, we are a nonprofit educational programming organization uh, that develops challenge programs that schools, community centers, neighborhoods, families, boys and girls clubs, YMCAs um, can participate in by forming teams and bringing those teams through what we call the creative process uh, to solve one of our challenges each season. Uh, We create in our flagship program, the challenge experience. We create six competitive challenges each year, each school year and one early learning challenge. Um, Those six competitive challenges range in categories from engineering, technical, scientific, fine arts, service learning and scientific. Uh, So whereas they each focus on one of those sort of, you know, overarching themes, they are multidisciplinary in that they will bring in aspects of each other. So for example, the engineering challenge always has a storytelling component or an artistic Mm. component. And the Mm. fine arts challenge always has something that's technical, um, you know, or like mechanical that has to, you know, do something in their presentation. Um, So teams will select a challenge, they will work over several weeks or months under the guidance of at least one adult team manager, um, and they will produce a solution to a challenge. And a solution is basically an eight minute presentation but within that 8 minutes the students are responsible for creating everything that is presented the story the scenery the devices the you know engineering models that they have to build um and what's great is that the team manager or the adult who is guiding them is really not allowed to interfere at all they are there that was to my ask. next question <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are there to ask questions and make Sure, the team stays on track, Uh, but, you know, the team needs to get to that tournament and they need to own it. And then that ultimate learner ownership is another one of those things that, you know, we really hold close to to us as what is an empowering, you know, uh, skill to have, you know, when they can, when they can own what they've done and be proud of it, then it helps them think more optimistically, and it helps them have the confidence to take on the next challenge in their life or in school. So it's really great. Oh, it's, it's,
0: it's so great that it's almost invisible (laughs) that, you know, I mean, of course we need to give ultimate learner ownership to the kids. Uh, uh, Of course. Okay. Okay. Settle down, (laughs) Meany. But I, I just love hearing about this. Okay, so what what else do we need to know about destination imagination?
2: Uh, so at when a team goes to a tournament experience, they will present their solution, but they also get what we call an instant challenge. And that instant challenge is really meant to test that rapid ideation and rapid implementation skill that is so important um throughout the season they can practice on instant challenges and team managers can do other activities as part of the creative process when they're looking to solve their challenge to sort of you know help them generate and focus ideas and um, you know, look at their story in a different way and do it under pressure to kind of force out some really great ideas. And then they can sort of cull that down and narrow it down. But that instant challenge is truly a, a, a unique experience. They can be performance-based, they can be task-based, task or they can be a combination of the two. So, and the teams don't know what they're going to get till they show up. And there's no audience and they have to, promise not to tell anyone else in the world about their challenge because all this all the kids around the world get the same kind of challenges and and will may, may get the same exact challenge they got so they can't really talk about anything until after the end of the season which is kind of fun and kids are really really receptive to that they like love holding on to secrets so um it's it's fun to watch them be like you know some a parent a, a mom or a dad i will be at a tournament and I will hear a mom or dad saying, what was the challenge? And the kid's like, I can't tell you that until May. And <laughs> it's like <laughs> February. So, um, but that sort of quick thinking, I like to think of the instant challenge challenges like where you really see the cream rise to the top. You know, it's sort of like, those are the kids that are the ones that excel in that are the, are the teams that are, are quite good. And we even give out, you know, the best instant challenge score awards at our tournaments because that to us is a special thing aside from you know their combined score. Um, and there are kids that you know only do DI for instant challenge. It's that exciting, and they're wow. volu- yeah, and there are volunteers too that have been doing instant challenge since the beginning, and they'll they're diehards. They're never going to leave instant challenge. So,
0: oh, you might be talking about yourself actually. <laughs>
2: Uh, Oh, I actually was never uh, I never did the instant challenge as a volunteer, uh, but I was um, I was a challenge master um, early on for a regional tournament that was held uh, where I grew up in Virginia and um, had some good ideas and started getting noticed uh, and got pulled into a regional director position and then I was um, pulled up to be a co-director for the state of Virginia uh, so I served in that role for about six years before uh, getting hired on by <laughs> by my by my colleagues now at the at the organization
0: I love that I love that so but just in all of this I just keep hearing social emotional learning happening in all different directions and all mm-hmm. levels I mean it's just,
2: it's oh, just yeah.
0: that human development skills Mm -hmm. just working with fellow humans and developing your own self-worth and finding out how much is inside of you and
2: yeah oh yeah I mean I I I think that the you know I don't know if years ago when we got started that was even on the radar as something that was important to people right um you mean SEL yeah, SEL. Learning. Yeah, social right, emotional right. learning. And I just right. feel like, you know, when everyone, when when you talk to people who do DI or kids who have done DI or parents that are team managers or teachers that do it, they always, they always sort of talk about the stuff that you can't see, right? They talk about the magic that happens when this, when these teams come together and solutions are made and then the tournament experience and all of that. And I think that what they've always been talking about is social emotional learning, because that's really, it's like the feel good juju stuff that, you know, I mean, I'm known as the guy that walks around tournaments in tears because I'm so like elated (laughs) to see kids like being, you know, showing their self-worth and knowing who they are as people and, you know, being five years old and being able to have a conversation with an adult that's an adult conversation about their solution and all this right. stuff. So it's like right. giving these kids so much confidence and so much, you know, oomph and, you know, cojones to go through life. It's just awesome.
0: Oomph <laughs> and cojones. That should yeah. be in your. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't sure. I don't think we should do that, but you okay. know, you know oh, what yeah, I'm saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Liz, are you having any questions or thoughts? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess I could jump in a little bit. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, coming from, you know, a background in special education, one of the primary things that I've always worked on is social emotional learning. You know, I've always found it to be critical to embed it into everything we do in the classroom, because I've always had students who have some kind of difficulty or challenge in that area it's not all my students but i've always had a handful on my caseload who need really strategic supports around helping them with their social interactions um, helping them be involved in teamwork but also i've found that these opportunities that students have to to see themselves as resources to come into a group of students and see that even though maybe they don't have the ability to read like everyone else in the group they have these amazing ideas or they have they all oh, every student i've never seen a student not come to the table with some expertise
2: right right everybody and
1: that... is an expert it's something right mm-hmm. and it's And the the opportunity to work in a team is the opportunity to learn about yourself, what it is that you are an expert in and where your strengths are. And I find that such a great playground for kids to um, explore that. So I'm really excited about the work that you guys do, because I think teachers, the reality in our public school systems and in many private schools as well, is that teachers are so overwhelmed and sometimes um, you know as the pendulum swing between um you know different laws and legislations and different pushes and pulls and we're going to include more and we're going to you know the way that our resources as educators are always moving and shifting and we we get stressed and so I, i feel like these kinds of learning opportunities are some of the most important and i'm curious how you guys collaborate with school districts and have you found it to be um, have you found school districts and educators really receptive in collaborating with your organization?
2: Yeah, so that's a, that's a good question. You know, our main way that we work with schools, and this is going to sound commercial, but it's how we survive, is we literally sell the program to the schools. We sell what we call team numbers. Um, and, you know... What we've found is that, you know, once a school does a team, they're probably going to keep doing at least one team, if not grow it and see the, the outcomes and want to keep, keep it, you know, moving from year to year.
0: When you say um, grow it, do you mean for different age? group. AJ, yeah. Or, or just algorithm. like maybe, yeah, maybe
2: they'll start out like, oh, we're going to try to do a team this year. And then like, you know, they have a team, but like those seven kids come back to school after their tournaments over. And they're like, this was the coolest thing we ever did. And then like all their friends want to do it. It's so like the next year comes around. They're like, we're going to have, you know, DI, you know, after school program open call. And then like 30 kids show up and you're like, oh, we need to like form six teams out of this out of these 30 kids. Uh-huh. So you know, I mean, when we, when we collaborate with schools and we get them on board, you know, we're there, we're, we're sort of like giving them the materials. We're obviously, you know, training their team managers with, you know, online training and our, our robust materials like our team manager roadmap to help the teachers learn how to teach the creative process. So we have, uh, you know, there's, we have training on conflict resolution, and training on you know brainstorming, but also challenge specific training, so the team manager understands the ins and outs of the challenge, and they don't miss something. And then they get to the tournament, and it's like the appraiser, who we call the people that assess the children's solutions. The appraiser is like, "Oh, well, you guys missed this. Said this this way." So we want to make sure that we give the team managers the you know backup. That that they can ensure the kids are successful, right? You know, we don't we don't need to see tears at the tournament, although they happen. Um, but you know, if we can avoid them, we we we'd like that.
0: Wonderful. So Yeah,
2: Wonderful. yeah. And I think it's important to talk about. I know you touched on sort of like kids handling um, their emotions differently, and I think that the you know one of the you know, we like to look at the Castle framework, the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning, um, and one of their one of their sort of tenets is sort of self management, right? And it's all about, you know, can a child not have a freak out over something, right? That's sort of, you know, if, if if they don't have the emotional capacity to to sort of handle something, like how can we get them to handle something? And by framing things in tasks um, and you know, getting kids to ignore distractions and focus on, you know, one piece of it, that can really go far in helping them with their self-management and really trying to, you know, put some guardrails up, right, to their sort of emotional reactions to things.
0: Could you give us like a a little example scenario of helping a kid, what kind of things a manager would say?
2: So it's, you know, if there is like, a team member who would like only do the amount of work that was strictly necessary, um, but never put himself into the task. Um, you know, the team may ask him or her to create a model of a helicopter. You know, for for something. Um, you know, he did it, but it wasn't. It was sort of like half done, right? It was, sort of, you know. Um, and then the team would maybe ask him or her again to build something better. Um, you know, and that maybe pushes him to push himself, right? It's sort of a way for him to, he learned that his team members were supporting him rather than being like, that sucks. Like, you can't do your job. And then, you know, but instead they were like, actually, this isn't what we really had in mind. It won't work because of A, B or C. Can you go back and try something different? You know, so it's like. They almost they're they're sort of committing to themselves. They're sort of like setting their own goals, which is so empowering, too. They're not they're not they don't have a teacher breathing down their neck saying I need this done by, you know, today at three o'clock. You know, the team members hold themselves accountable. So, you know, I think that kind of stuff can go can go really far.
0: And so the manager, the team manager guides in those kinds of communication skills.
2: Yeah, yeah, so the team manager is there to sort of, again, keep the guardrails up, keep the team on task. Um, You know, obviously it's a little easier with older kids than it is with younger kids, Um, but they're really taught through the process to, first of all, to understand the different stages of the creative process, but then, you know, understand that it's not linear, first of all, and that they have to always, you know, if the team is stuck, they have to go back to a different phase and, you know, rethink, you know, what they were, what they, what their approach would have been. Um, but I guess that I would probably call a team manager, like the asker in chief, like they're there, <laughs> they're there to sort of like raise the questions to help the, to sort of spurn the kids on to be like, Oh, we can do it this way, or how about this way, or how about that way, or what if we did it this way? You know. So, what happens is is maybe in the first year when this is new to everyone, the team manager is doing a lot of that, right? But as the kids go through it, and even maybe after one month of doing it, they already like don't need the team manager to ask the questions. They can ask themselves the questions and really start to push and innovate. Their, their solutions
0: because they've seen the questions get the results that they want more than some kind of
2: yeah because, over the
0: head well yeah. and
2: it's it and it's it's they're creating something from nothing right? right they're literally going and creating something that's totally original totally you know it, there's a challenge guidelines and requirements and things that should be scored but it's so open ended you know i'll go to a tournament in a scientific challenge site and i'll see a skit about you know a basic honeybees you know doing their thing and then i'll see another skit that's like honeybees but they're actually like soldiers in vietnam and the kids get really deep with it so it's very like open ended and obviously you know they they bring their own social awareness to their solutions because it's all so open for them
0: Wow. And so for the older kids, it is competitive. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we should say that up until from preschool to second grade, it is non-competitive. And I want to talk about that age group for sure. Sure, sure, sure. imagination. But how do the kids that win respond? And how do the kids that don't win respond? And what is that?
2: So, I mean, we've always been a competition, right, but we also focus on the process, we do feel that it doesn't, you know, at the end of the day, a team that comes in dead last learns as much as the team that came in first, Um, and at a tournament, the adults who are assessing solutions and talking to the kids after they perform you know they go up they talk about you know who built this or who built that and what are you proud of and what did you learn and how many prototypes did you make to finally oh. get this to work so oh. they oh. they actually that that tournament is a reflection for them and that's what actually oh. is the capstone of the of the process for us it's sort of we we anchor the process at the end with that reflection, so they understand okay. what they could have done or what they should have done, or, okay. you know, it's more of let's celebrate what we actually completed versus, um, you know kicking ourselves for not doing it a certain way. And the kids can watch each other's solutions. So it's like that's, you know, you see kids sitting in the front row watching one of their competitors or maybe same challenge, but they're older. And it's like, oh, wow, those high schoolers did such a cool thing. And, you know, then they go back and they're like, you know, hungry to just get to next year because they're ready to oh. take it to the next level. So, you know.
0: That piece, that piece of that reflection after the, everything is said and done, Mm-hmm. just raises that whole concept of ultimate ownership, learner ownership to oh, an yeah. even higher level. Oh, yeah. So profound. So profound. Because then it's not like they won, I lost. It's like, oh, I see why they won and yeah. what I could have learned and just. Yeah.
2: You know, and I've seen, I mean, I've seen so many examples of even inter-team communication at a tournament about things, you know, Um, and I, I, I don't know, you, I rarely see kids being nasty to each other over that stuff. You know, I I think I see more from more of it from parents, unfortunately, than I do (laughs) from their own kids. The kids are gracious and awesome. And, you know, so they, they, they get it, like they get why they're there and they understand the value that every team brings, um, to a, to a, to their own solution and you know the kind of work they put in so you know
0: beautiful did you want to say anything Liz
1: um well I'm I'm curious about the process um gosh you're saying so much good rich so stuff good so yeah
2: good. As,
1: especially with that reflection piece you know one of the things that I've I I think is like you know mistakes are are just tools for more learning right mistakes aren't and and the things that don't go well are are just opportunities to learn right um and i find that reflection piece is that part of the process where you know people get to really see that or get to really do that learning you know um and celebrating and celebrating Mm -hmm. you can celebrate the learning from the mistake or oh yeah right yeah um my question is I guess my big curiosity about your program is how how often do you see um, individuals with special needs coming in and collaborating in these teams, and are there is is this a program where you see where you tend to see and attract like, does it attract people who have various learning or uh, needs or abilities
2: um, I you know i it's it's so varied it's like honestly people make it work where they need to make it work um you know but i definitely have heard anecdotal stories about you know kids who were not excelling and then went through di and it really helped them you know approach the other stuff in school in a different way right and sort of helped them come out of that uh, out of their shell or, you know, or, you know, just sort of approach their learning in a different sort of more excited about learning, you know, Uh, as far as like teams of special needs kids, I'm sure they've had them. um, And those teams are at tournaments celebrating just like everybody else and probably celebrated often, you know, a little bit more because everyone around maybe knows the extra effort that went into making a solution happen for them. So that's really great to see that sort of level playing field for everyone um, happen. Um, I, I can't really speak to any specific team that I know of that is in that situation, but I mean, you know, I know that on my own team growing up, because I was in the program, you know, we had a very varied uh, group of students and, um, you know, not all of them were really into school. (laughs) Not all of them, you know, really felt the need um, to sort of be excited about their learning. And, you know, I think, I wouldn't say anyone on my team had special needs, but, you know, I think that there's space for that, that kind of learning, especially when it comes to the SEL stuff, because so much of what we're doing is getting the kids to be task oriented and work together. So it's sort of, I don't know, it's sort of, it's sort of this breeding ground for that kind of, um, you know, transformation, right? Yeah. Sort of.
1: Yeah, and sort of I mean it seems a little innate to the process is, and innate to the program is differentiation sort of happens and oh, yeah. inclusion happens. I mean, some of the things that we really focus on in in specializing f- for people who have unique needs is finding the way that they can be fully included and have, you know, and have equity and access and opportunity.
2: Right, and, and that's like
1: this process it's it's sort of embedded in it especially with and i really appreciate that you are offering trainings for the for the um team leaders Mm -hmm. right and for the just i think that team management you know can be it training and supporting those people can make all the difference in how Mm -hmm. powerful um the program is and how much that inclusion and and you know support for diverse.
2: Yeah. I mean, what's great about a seven member team is you've got a lot to do, right? You've got a lot of stuff to build or create and, and think up. And then it, then, you know, you get to that point where you're like, okay, we're going to do a story about a pirate ship and it's going to be, you know, the boat's going to move across the stage and whatever, whatever we got to divide and conquer. And you're going to find that these kids that normally are like unengaged and uninspired or like, oh, I want to do like, the, I want to build the thing that's going to move the boat or I'm going to write the music because we're going to put a song in this, in this skit and I like to write music. So here we go. I'm a, I'm a, you know, all this. So Again, they're gonna get it's like moths to a flame, right? They're gonna pull, (laughs) they're gonna go to what they want to do. And sometimes they're gonna they're gonna do what they didn't think they wanted to do and they're gonna learn from that too. So, you know, it's right. They'll ignite
1: each other's interests. Oh, of right. Course. Especially because personalities, they, they, they do that moth to the flame it personalities too. So when they're really excited by someone's personality, they might want to work on a part that they might otherwise not have shown interest or don't feel particularly inclined to do, but, Oh, but I want to, I want to work with this guy. So, okay, right. let's do that yeah. together. And then they're, they're immediately pushed and challenged and they grow.
2: Right. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I, It's just, it's just so incredible what (laughs) I can't say enough good things because it's like, I lived through it. Now I'm like, you know, talking about it all the time, but you know, when you've got, when you, when you sort of ignite this stuff in kids, then you're, you're, you're turning a switch on, you know, it's a, it's a switch and it's hard to turn that off once it's on, you know, Uh, it must
0: not be turned off. It must not be turned off.
2: Of course not. No, we need them. We need them to save (laughs) the world. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, Hey, so I just want to take a moment here to acknowledge that this conversation is one more reminder that there are so many educators who focus on drawing out the best that is within children. And I want to let you know that I'm starting to put together a pilot program to teach a small group of educators an approach that I developed when I was a full-time teacher that consistently drew out the best from my students around the full spectrum of their social, their emotional, and their life skills development, even from my most reluctant, ornery, rebellious students, the so-called troublemakers. And it was never difficult, but it did take making intentional use of some basic human instincts that are born right into all of us, including all the kids in our care, and which I have never seen utilized in any other SEL approaches. And I have been checking out all the SEL approaches. So if you're interested, and by that I mean if you'd just like to be on the list to learn about when the pilot program is getting ready to be shared with an adventurous group of teachers... Then connect with me, please, on the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast Facebook page uh, on that, with that group. Uh, just You'll figure out how to just, you know, join that group and then uh, private message me, I guess. It, I want you to know that it's not going to be expensive, but it will introduce you to a next-level way for young kids to show up with more of their own problem-solving skills. And for them to effortlessly stretch beyond their own self-limiting behaviors and readily manifest more of their natural built-in abilities to connect with others. You know, to get along with others, which is what we all want for them. Okay, hope to connect with you soon. Let's get back to where we left off in the conversation. I feel like you've given us some good Tidbits of examples of of challenges, but is there one that you could just give us from start to finish, kind of just to is that oh, is that me, possible, or am I asking too much? Or?
2: No, let me let me let me let me just. I have to. I don't memorize everything, so let me um, of course think about. I, I guess if I can pull something up. I mean, our. Let, let me. So in the technical challenge every year teams have to build like some kind of a device or contraption sometimes it's a vehicle sometimes it's a robot we had a drone challenge one year where the kids had to um build a drone or we didn't even call it a drone we called it a it was a it was a vehicle that takes flight so we didn't tell them it was a drone but they they had to like pick up and move packages in like a 20 by 20 foot area with whatever vehicle they they produce so you know, wow. and, and as their vehicle was picking up and delivering these payloads in different parts of this, you know, not big area, um, they had to tell a story that sort of went in, you know, that was sort of in sync with this vehicle in doing something. So, you know, often you'll find teams, you know, they, they, whatever they build, it's sort of their eighth team member, right? It's like a robot or a vehicle or something. And so they give it a role in the story. Um, You know, our engineering challenge is typically a a structure of of, of wood and glue or other materials that is placed under weight in their presentation to like see how much weight they can hold um, and what the weight held ratio is. But they also have to tell a story about something, you know, we give them guidelines about, you know, a story to tell. uh, the fine arts challenge is usually a rep, you know, based on figures from history or literature, um, you know, media, things like that, that will, you know, play into a story. Um, and then, of course, the scientific challenge. I think last year's scientific challenge was about micro worlds. So teams had to research micro worlds and understand, you know, microscopy and things like that. And then they're solution had to be like a, a a depiction of a micro world right like so they had to really dive in all the way <laughs> to that kind of you know that kind of um space and you know there's a lot of research that goes into this because we'll give them you know a list of you know 14 Figures from history, and they have to look at those, and then one of them has to be incorporated. Um, our improv challenge is very popular with older kids who don't want to spend weeks and months building and doing things. Um, the improv challenge will give teams, um, you know, lists of things to research and understand, and then there's a randomized. They sort of pull numbers out of a hat at the tournament, and then. They have to take all that research and kind of mix it up in a blender and then write their story in five minutes and then present it in front of an audience, like based on their research, based on their improv skills, all that stuff. So, I mean, that's so much fun to watch.
0: I am so much hearing right brain, left brain. Oh, yeah. No,
2: it's whole brain. It's a whole brain approach. Wow. <laughs> wow.
0: And heart. Heart and brain and right and left. and Oh, oh my yeah. God. Oh, gosh. So can we talk and oh, there's an, OK, first I want to because I don't want to let it go too much longer is about for the younger kids, the preschool uh, sure. to the second graders, mm-hmm. that that's non-competitive. So right. how uh, that sounds completely appropriate. and so let me
2: write about that. Yeah, so so the early learning or rising stars challenge uh, is meant for kindergarten through second graders. We do have some pre-K teams come through and do it. Um, It's really a way to just sort of like dip their toe in the water of the DI challenge experience without the pressure obviously of, you know, having to perform and compete and get scored. They don't get scored. At a tournament, they get what we call um, i think they call it the starry showcase feedback form or something they they, they get <laughs> they they get all sorts of positive feedback you know the parents come in, you know, they get to present in front of an audience and um
0: and that's you know. a good skill in itself to be able to overcome that
2: oh yeah, oh no well that's yeah, that's a huge one for us because so okay. many sh- so yeah so, we so many shy kids, yeah, you know put that to bed after one year of di oh
0: um, marvelous oh. yeah
2: so like this and the and the challenges for the early learning um each year are a little simpler you know those teams can actually be bigger than seven kids if they want them to be i wouldn't recommend more than seven little ones at one time yeah um yeah. but um you know like this year's challenge is called play on and the kids have to create and present a play about a group of friends going on a fantastic adventure together and had to include a musical character and they have to create musical instruments that they then use to perform a a song that they write. So it's like, you know, it's fun. I think last year's was called like Monster Manners and it was about monsters and learning manners. And it was just, it's sort of a fun, you know, it's
1: what what sounds incredibly fun is to be there and watch yeah. all the different presentations and all the different uh, kinds oh, of ideas that could come out of it's so it, it's it.
2: it's it's so it's so I mean it's literally, again, I walk around in tears all day because <laughs> I'm just sort of like, Oh, my God, those kids are so amazing. but. Uh, they, you know, the, the, the tournament energy and the support and going in from challenge site to challenge site and watching, oh, we're going to see a fine arts team, we're going to see a scientific team and, you know, just to, you know, just to cheer for those kids is, is, is feels good, right, it just, it just feels good, It's just, it's, it's all good
0: it's real accomplishments it's not one of those oh he gets an award for participating or something like that
2: <laughs> right right yeah I mean there's literally a product yeah. that they've yeah. created that is yeah. that is sometimes a train wreck and sometimes this beautiful thing but like you know yeah. everyone gets the same level of sort of attention so they all get the same kind of time limit they all get the same uh you know stage to, 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 to display their stuff on so you know and i've seen look i've there are teams that get to a tournament and it when i say train wreck it's not a bad thing it just all falls apart right like not like their 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 vehicle doesn't work or something doesn't work and it just yeah. kind of creates this domino effect and like yeah. i have witnessed some of our amazing volunteers from all around the world who are so good at you know because time ends eight minutes is up three of the kids are in tears because this broke and it's like what are we going to do and I have literally seen uh, volunteers like sit down and like ask the kids what went wrong what would you do differently next time why did this break let's figure out you know so it's just like those are the moments that you just like, "Ah, oh, of course I'm doing this. Of course this is my career because it makes so much sense, right?" Oh my
0: gosh. Oh my gosh. That's a spiritual experience.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, you know, whatever right? you want to call what, yeah, whatever right. you want to call. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it
0: to elevate the human spirit like that and to be part of that. Oh, it's,
2: yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. it's 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 transformative. So that's what we like to say. We are transformative. Yeah.
0: What a gift you get to participate in. Yeah. So um, another big concern of mine on this planet and this country especially, I think, is the challenge of developing more critical thinking in our students. And I think that's a big, big deal with... Uh, destination, imagination, just critical thinking. How would you like to give a definition of critical thinking and then how, maybe some specific examples of how it's
2: uh, Well, I think that, it, sure, sure. I think the ability to think critically is just the ability to think about all the different outcomes that could happen, right? To think about, you know, what's gonna work, what's not gonna work. I mean, and you know, that's in everything. It's literally in everything. It's in the instant challenge, but it's very quick, right? It's quick critical thinking because you got to think on your feet and you got to make it happen. Um, You know, when you're planning your solution presentation, it's, you know, you have a little bit more space to breathe and think about, you know, the different consequences of, of your decisions, right? It's about really understanding that the decisions and choices you make now are going to have an impact down the line, whether it be at the tournament or next week's practice or whatever. So, you know, it, it's it's just I mean, where where in life do we not use that, right? I mean, Hopefully. you know, I, I <laughs> true, and I think that. So, I know I experienced this, but I was I I did the program, so I wasn't really I wasn't really um, too worried about it. But when I got to college, you know, so much of what we were doing was sort of project-based learning, critical thinking, you know, writing a paper in college was not like writing a paper in in high school, you know? So the, but then the the, the project stuff and the working with teams is, was I was, it came second nature because I had already been in the program, but so many of my college friends were like, I don't know what I'm doing. I want to go take a test and like move on with my life. And I'm like, you know, come on, you can't do it that way. So it's just, it's, I think that's, I think, you know, unless you're, unless you're in DI or in a place that's, you know, very project-based learning focused and um, that you team oriented. team oriented, all that stuff. I mean, unless right. you're already doing that and you get to college, you're in for a big surprise, you know, and then not to mention the real world, right? Cause right. we're all, we're all doing, you know, everyone, everything's a team. And, you know, even our staff, I mean, half of the staff at DEI are alums of the program. So like, we're all trying to bring back what we learned about collaborating and brainstorming and generating ideas. And, you know, we're bringing that to the work we do. So it's just like, I don't know, full circle, right?
1: Very relevant. Oh yeah. It's all relevant yes. to you. I, exactly. I really appreciate what you said early on when you said, you know, what we need, we need the world needs problem solvers. You know, we need to equip our youth with the skills that they need to survive. And, you know,
0: and I thrive.
1: To survive and to thrive. Yes, thank you. And to to survive and to thrive. And um one of the things that I just think is so powerful with social emotional learning is that it it gives human beings an opportunity to really cultivate and understand empathy and practice empathy with each other and this model of um you know teamwork that you guys have generated with your organization it's such a powerful place to learn and to practice the empathy and I don't think there's As you were saying, I don't think there's a single place in the world where humans are having an experience where they don't need that skill to really show up to the conversation in any relationship, whether it's a caretaker or a friend or a coworker or a boss, no matter what, you know, these kinds of skills that come from, um, working on problem solving with a team you know that's it's constantly calling upon our human capacity to have empathy and we need that to solve any problem at any level right right
2: and it's like you know what we're doing is sort of the micro version of the macro and it's you know when you give five to seven kids a common goal you know they're gonna they're gonna have some friction, but that common goal is what's going to make them, you know, eventually come together and understand each other again, you know, know who's good at what and determine how they each can contribute in a way that's that's meaningful to the whole, right? And that's sort of what's you know forces them to understand each other. And that empathy just like turns on again like a switch.
0: And when you say uh, uh, benefits the whole," then what that also implies is "win-win, oh, yeah, which is what empathy does, because if yeah. I can just see it through your eyes, I don't even have to agree with you, but that 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 engagement mm-hmm. of, of empathy and that enlivenment. and and I would say, I, I feel very strongly that, you know, sometimes I see we're going to teach kids empathy. Uh, no, you're not. You're not going to teach right. it. You can draw it out. You can right. make opportunities for it to, to blossom and grow. And, yeah. and I, I really appreciate you bringing that out, Liz, because I think it's, it's just essential for that element of surviving and thriving in this world that's, that's yeah. coming at us.
2: Right. I would also say that like the ability to communicate one's ideas yeah. and feelings about something. Yes. Yeah. And then have that be received by someone who was ready to receive it is like where the that where the magic happens on Ooh. these teams. Ooh. Right. Sort of like. If I have if I'm frustrated about something that I don't think is going to be right like oh I don't like the character that we'd wrote for this person and I need to be able to say why right I can't just I can't just scream and pound my fist and say we're not doing that that's yeah. not how things get done we have to right. you know learn to communicate you know constructively right about about right. things that we don't feel are right and you know hopefully your other team members are receptive to that Beautiful
0: Beautiful, important point. Very important point. And all of this is happening in the destination imagination. Someone could look just superficially at oh, destination imagination. Yeah, it's a good way to entertain the kids and for them to have fun for a while. Oh, yeah. you have got
2: the tip of the tip of the tip. <laughs> of what's going on here? <laughs> so I know, funny. and I say I like I like I've always like I said earlier. I think it's like the fact that all of these things, all of these social, emotional learning skills, project-based learning, challenge-based learning, innovation, preparing kids for the future, I don't know, like, it's all seems to be coming to the, to the surface now, like, all at once. I don't know if it was the pandemic or, or what, but, like, there's just this, like, growing hunger for this type of education and like we're there like we were waiting for everybody else it feels like sometimes so right you know it's exciting
1: it's really exciting I'm curious um as well you know the world of education is all about research based best best practices right and oftentimes in trying to sell anything to a school district or educators you're going to be coming up against like well where, where's the evidence and the research and the data that shows this is effective and I'm just curious what are your measurements what do you guys do to collect data and how do you and and how, and and I'm curious you know how yeah how do you approach that and that real aspect of selling and getting yourself out there real?
2: Oh, this is the best question ever, because <laughs> it's such a nightmare to answer sometimes, you know, we, we are, we know that we need to do better at the monitoring and evaluation of the kids, right? Traditionally, we've just, you know, get team numbers out there to the world and let teams do it. They come to a tournament and, you know, it's a great experience. And we know that people love it because they keep coming back and they keep singing our praises and you know, a lot of, a lot of promotion is their word of mouth from people, but, you know, there were, we've had a couple studies done. We haven't done anything, um, ourselves because we've never really been set up for that, but that is something that we are really focused on. Um, we started a new program called the Imagine Experience, which was basically meant to, um, give, Students in underserved areas the opportunity to do this kind of learning. Um, it was What's it through, called again? It's called the Imagine Experience.
0: Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. You go on.
2: It's okay. Um, and we, we we got funding from uh, Lumen Technologies, which is a, a broadband internet company, because um, they wanted to you know engage students in their you know in their geographies, um, and there there wasn't a tournament structure to this experience, but students were creating solutions that were video, you know, they, they created, basically their solution was was recorded and they, they had to send it in to us. But as part of that process, we did an intake and an outtake survey of the students. So, you know, the way the grant worked, the, the organization that was running the team had to make sure that they collected information at the beginning and at the end. So we could then go through all of that. And we're currently, we finished two two seasons of that. And um, we're like calling through that data now to really pull out the stuff that, you know, shows that mm-hmm. it's, it's effective, you know, like did my interest in science, math and technology increase over this time? Do I feel more confident in my ideas over time? Like we're, we're, we have that so. And you know, there's a world in which we can try to build something like that into the challenge experience. Um, but you know, that's sort of where we're where we're trying to uh, do a lot with a little, as far as our resources go. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I imagine. And yeah, what about it's... as far as that survey goes? Did, was that a survey developed by your program?
2: Yeah, so it was developed by our educational experiences team. Um, and then it was uh, implemented through that, through that program. So it was basically, we had like a, I think there was, we basically had to create it so that, cause it's really hard to collect data from students directly, obviously, because yeah. of uh, protection laws and things like that. So it was more, I think we, we worded it. So like the team leaders of those teams would ask a question and then you know, the kids would raise their hand and then they would record how many kids on this team said this, this, you know, that kind of thing. So we got the numbers in that way. It's, you couldn't really say, you know, here's a link to a a fourth grader and say, go fill this survey out. It's like, I wish it could work like that, but it can't.
1: Yeah, it's very difficult, yeah. Um, And then do you have any kind of um, similar survey for the volunteers? That you have working with you, the, the facilitators of the, the team managers?
2: So our our surveys for the team managers, we do that every season. We sort of send that out to folks. And that is more, I mean, we don't do anything that talks, we haven't in the past. Again, we, we we're, we're trying to figure out how to make that happen. Those surveys have generally asked questions like, you know. How was your experience? What could be better for you as a team manager? Where did you see, you know, the, where you had difficulties to help us improve the experience for them? Mm-hmm. Um, right. But we haven't we haven't done that for you know the, the, the learning outcomes per se for the challenge experience, though. No, but that's something that's high on our list of priorities, I should say.
0: I, I wonder how many more people would come on board. From that or if just the word of mouth is is powerful enough i mean i i don't yeah
2: no i definitely think we need we need that we we, yes. we need it in order to to prove the yes. relevance of the program yes. um you know we've we, we're, if we're applying for a grant somewhere if one of our affiliates yes. around the world is applying for a grant they need to know that there's you know proven <laughs> there is a you know yeah. proven um you know outcomes
0: and that it's not just fun and games
2: right 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 yeah. right so we and we again like we know that it's not but like that's right. not enough for the world sometimes right right to...
1: right right as you say the world is still catching up to you know what you guys have been doing um you know and in some ways you know that is that that's been the challenge for me as an educator um is what i feel most aligned to is not what they're asking of me right I mean right. there's so much paperwork and the bureaucracy and all the hoops you got to jump through mm-hmm. um and that's sort of us slowing down I guess for where the world's still at <laughs> yeah for sure yeah yeah
0: yeah so um thank you for bringing in that dimension Liz
2: I really appreciate it no that. it's important gosh yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think it's a real challenge. I mean, for me, you know, as I say, I recently resigned. And I think for for a lot of people, there's that challenge because there's such intrinsic reward in, in working with youth and just even that experience, human-to-human human collaborating in teams. And education is all about that. I mean, I've collaborated with hundreds of different teams over my years as an education specialist because it's about individualizing for each student and each student comes with their own team right each student has their own group of adults supporting them and their best friends and everything and and it's such rewarding work just the teamwork in and of itself besides what happens in the classroom or on the playground or in the auditorium when they do the performance just that all that work we do together which is really for me where the value is. And um, I think that it would be wonderful. I mean, my vision, I really also appreciate the opportunity to work in teams as an opportunity to learn about ourselves as potential agents of change, right? Because the empowerment, the personal empowerment and these sort of problem solving skills and the critical thinking that happens when we're collaborating with others, that's where the seed gets, sort of watered for Mm -hmm. us to recognize that we are individual agents of change. Um, And I'm just, for me, myself, I would love to see our educational systems start to be filled with people who understand and recognize their own agency.
2: Yeah, well, we've got, you know, every year we have a a service learning challenge and that challenge, the kids need to go into their community and find a need and oh. create a, create a project to solve that community need. Oh. Um, and oh. I mean, Lovely. talk about a talk about it, a tearjerker of a challenge site. I mean, that's like, you know, these kids do amazing things. I mean, everything from, you know, like a coats for kids drive to like an anti, you know, something campaign, right? They'll do whatever, you know, anything that they that has impacted their community. Um, and then when they come to the tournament, they're basically their presentation is a story of their project like they're not really graded on the project itself because you know right. they could hit some obstacle and it, it could fall apart, but at least they had this idea to, 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 to do something and they have to, they have to go into the community, they have to talk to community leaders, they have to, you know, whatever is part of that so we're empowering kids to understand that they can affect more uh-huh. than their immediate reality. Right. They, they actually can go out and, yeah. you know, do more. They can give water to a village somewhere that doesn't have any running water. They can, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just, it's so empowering.
0: Yeah. I, one of my, yeah. One of my things that I get really, um, uncomfortable with is when uh, being around people who just have that victim mentality you know it just isn't necessary but to have this training like in an experience of destination imagination is just just flipping that switch as I think someone said earlier just mm-hmm. it's all inside us but we have to have opportunities to to find that out about ourselves right. and with each other
2: Yeah. I mean, Ah. every child has the power to, to be creative, be a critical thinker, be a team player, understand, you know, empathy there. It's all there. They just don't have, they're just not given like the platform to like let it shine. Right. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, and brain science, it's always fun to come bring brain science into it because when we're born, all of the, neurons and everything that we have and if they're not used then they start to shrivel up and die but but that isn't the end of the story because if we just get some exercise in some area that hasn't been exercised before then ooh, those connections can start developing again so the brain and the individuality and the heart and the spirit and the intelligence they can all grow they just need exercise and that's right and, it,
2: and, it, and it starts to be you know I, this is going to sound weird but it's like you it's an addictive feeling like once yeah. your brain starts to be working in that way and i think positive that,
0: addictions yeah
2: yeah i mean that's one of the things that brought me back to the program year over year as a kid because yeah. like a i didn't fit anywhere else I yeah. wasn't I wasn't an athlete by a long shot. Yeah. And, you know, I I wasn't, um, you know, I don't I wasn't quite the artist I thought I was in my head. So, you yeah. know, but like DI gave me a home to like, let everything else just pour out of me and let those connections make happen. So you just like, you know, you found yourself like just hungry for the next challenge, which is crazy that a kid would want that right but like that's what these kids want they want they're like what's next what can I do next
0: no of course they do of course they do kids are little kids they make up games all the time with problems and challenges I think mm-hmm. it's the most natural thing in the world yeah mm-hmm. um, I think uh, it's important because I, I don't exactly know who the audience for this podcast is but I think it it tends towards the more younger kids caregivers parents teachers But I think that this uh, conversation is relevant to everybody because to to start kids at that young age and then see which directions they can go in, but also for the adults that are listening to this, how could they get involved? And then I have another question, another practical question about the cost, which is Mm -hmm. shockingly low, I think, which I was happy to see. But anyway, how can adults get involved or learn more?
2: Uh, well, our destinationimagination.org is our website. It's probably the best place to start. Um, right. We have a number of ways to connect with us. Um, we have, we schedule calls with parents and teachers who are interested in learning more all the time. Um, you know, there there is, you know, the way in is sort of to, contact us or to yeah. uh, look up your local affiliate on our website we have a find di near me page that you okay. can go to and uh you know contact your affiliate director in the state or country that you're in um, and you know i mean I, I like to tell a lot of a lot of parents that contact us is you know have you i ask, i asked them you know have you talked to your child's school yet do they the, do, do they have this um, I can usually look that up for them and tell them right away if it, if, it is, if it's there or not mm-hmm. um, but I will empower them to go talk to the school the powers that be about you know what's it going to take to bring this opportunity to my student and the other ones in this school and you know that's that's it's um you know our biggest obstacle I think to Insane exponential growth is just the amount of people willing to be team managers. Okay. At the end of the day, that that adult commitment is what is is going to make or break a team, whether it's a, a a school like recruiting teachers to do after school, or parents stepping up and giving up their garages for you know several months for all the props and stuff, or um, you know. A, a YMCA or a boys and girls club, you know, having the resources to pay a staff member to run something like this. Um, but the commitment is, you know, it's, it's, it's not it's sort of weekly meetings with kids. So it's a, okay. it's a two hours a week is what we sort of like tell people is the baseline. Um, And that, you know, as you get closer to tournament, the team may want to meet more often to finish up their project and all that stuff. But, you know, it's during the school year and teams can be run any which way, whether they're part of a school, part of a church or a synagogue or a mosque or a scout group or a neighborhood or a cul-de-sac, you know, whatever. It's like, cool. we don't have any rules around who can start a team, you know, love it. Uh, homeschoolers love this program because yeah. it gives, it gives the homeschool community a way to get the kids together and give them something to work on. Cause a lot of those kids end up, you know, doing their own thing every day and they're not they're not getting that sort of like interaction time so um you know i think that i think the best way to get started is to visit our website and schedule a call with one of us and we will we will help get you started perfect
1: perfect love it super exciting. love it i love, love it. that. i love that it's really seems very accessible to anyone who's you know willing to provide that level of support, that it's not exclusive to any particular community or group of people. You know, I really appreciate that.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, there are, we like to call them um, shadow resources. I guess that sounds kind of dark and ominous, but you know, there is- (laughs) Not on a a hot day. (laughs) There are certain, I I do feel, and this is something that we, we struggle with and because of, you know, when we were developed and what how this program came about but you know when you're talking about things like space right space to create these solutions or you're talking about things like consistent attendance or transportation to a tournament Mm -hmm. those are those are limiting resources and we get that and we are trying to create new opportunities that can help Communities that don't have access to those things into this into this world, this sort of learning world, that it may not mean that they can ever go to a tournament, and they're not going to pick one of the main challenges and do that. But there are other things we can create mm-hmm. that allow those folks that don't aren't ready for something like this, right? That, and so we get that. I mean, we do believe and anyone can do DI, but again that's, that's a whole other DEIB conversation, right? You know, we have to be realistic about access and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, Nini, our cost is not that crazy. Um, A team number costs $110 here in the U.S. and we charge, $25 $25 for a background check for an adult team manager. So mm-hmm. your initial costs to us are you know, $135 for seven kids, which is wow. you know, I don't know how much, I don't know where else you can do something. I mean, obviously each affiliate will charge a fee for their tournament, which is, you know, somewhere maybe a hundred bucks for a tournament registration. Um, and then of course the materials. And I like to tell potential team managers, potential schools that you want to probably look at somewhere in the neighborhood of five to $600 for seven kids for a multi-month experience. Uh It's still, I think it's still, I mean, affordable compared to things like travel soccer or dance or um, robotics. You know, there's a lot, it's a heavy investment, heavy investment um in some other programs and i'm not saying that other programs aren't great and awesome and kids don't learn amazing things in any of those things i'm just talking about what we you know how do you get involved with ours so yeah, yeah.
0: beautiful uh, yeah
1: it's great stuff
2: good great conversation stuff. Great. Yay.
0: yeah yeah, yes, I love to hear did. that
1: you guys have had, you know, uh, have you been growing and seen more interest over the last few years and I think a lot of that probably has to do with so many parents ha- seeing what happens when their kids are home and and not in that same routine and structure of seeing all these different people every day. And then I just I just think that our our eyes more people's eyes have been opened to the importance of social interactions and social, um, you know, just using social skills and practicing social skills. Even me, myself, I mean, I've been teaching social skills and people always tell me I'm very, I'm a highly social person, but over the last few years, I've realized, wow, I have some social anxiety, you know, I mean, (laughs) things change, right? And I, I just think, um, I just think it's such a wonderful moment in time for your organization to be here, and I thank you for that. Oh,
2: I mean, I am, I feel, I, it's, I'm, I, I don't know, it's like, there's a vibration, right? It's like, things are vibrating, and I think that, A lot of us are ready, right? I feel that like our staff is ready. We're, 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 I think everyone is really pumped. I mean, people are finding us. We've, I feel like our marketing game is on point, you know, like that, you know, Nene found me. So, um, (laughs) you know, I feel like we're, we're, we're we're like ready, like we're just ready for the floodgates and, and they're opening, like they're opening. So we're getting, we're getting the response we want. Wonderful.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Just heart full of gratitude to you, Adam.
2: No, thank same you. here. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, thanks, Elizabeth.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. It's really yes. wonderful to meet you and, yeah. and learn about this Good. amazing okay. work.
2: Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Start a team. Yeah, <laughs>
1: definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I, that, that I can be Okay. Lots mm-hmm. of
2: love. All thank right. You so thank much. you. Bye-bye. Bye
1: bye. Bye.
0: Okay, so you know where to find more information on the Facebook page, Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Facebook page. And also, if you want to know about the pilot program for that SEL uh, set of resources that I am in the process of putting together and it's just SEL it is in no it is absolutely complementary to what we've just learned about with destination imagination i wanted to make that extremely clear <laughs> basically works on the same principles of drawing out from kids what they know and what they have inside of them and that's that's the thread and the always consistent theme of every episode on this podcast that kids have so much within them and if we have the right approach then and the right motivation obviously we can draw out the best from within kids all right until next time thank you for being here